You're listening to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek, a media company dedicated to long-distance backpacking. Get even more at thetrek.co. Correspondence. This is episode two, and I am your host, Moron. I'm currently coming to you from behind a Kroger because planning is not necessarily my forte. And while the specifics and details that explain why I'm here now are not particularly relevant, they do dovetail nicely into the theme of today's discussion, which is preparation. It's said that proper preparation prevents poor performance. That being so, though there is a high level of inescapable serendipity and general chaos that has to be accepted and even embraced during a thru-hike, equally important is the kind of forethought that goes into this kind of endurance endeavor. When I made my first foray into thru-hiking culture back in 2018, I was terrified of what I'd signed myself up for. My friend, who had invited me to join him, had graciously taken me under his wing as we slogged our way through the Georgia section of the Appalachian Trail in mid-March. It was cold, wet, and full of hard lessons. I had no idea of what to expect or how difficult the task would be. My friend had given me a list of items that I'd need in order to simply survive the week or so we'd spend on trail, but beyond that, I was clueless. I remember a distinct moment on the first day when I lost sight of my friend in a dense fog. Terror gripped me as I suddenly realized I had no idea how to proceed. Do I go back the way I came and try to find a white blaze, or do I go forward and hope to stumble back upon the trail that way? Thankfully, my friend came back into frame shortly thereafter, but as I stood frozen there in that moment, the enormity of the scope of this kind of undertaking crystallized for me. Ultimately, by the end of the week, I was enamored by the idea that if I kept walking and had a generous portion of luck on my side, I could make it all the way to Maine, and in 2019, I decided to give that dream a real go. As I mentioned in the story of how I got my trail name Moron, I had put a lot of faith in the idea that my physical conditioning was the most important factor to focus on in order for a thru-hike to be successful, and, armed with that original list from my friend who introduced me to the trail, the extent of my 2019 preparation was relatively limited. For me, in my hiking and cycling career, simply showing up on the day I had decided to embark was about the extent of my planning, which may or may not explain why I'm currently sitting behind a Kroger. What has worked for me is certainly purely descriptive and not at all prescriptive. Much like finding the perfect hiking shoe, tent, or pack, what works for one person will almost certainly not work for the next. Preparation is individualized and personal. In the world of trail tropes, it's often said that one packs their fears, and in a similar vein, the way in which one plans for a multi-month backpacking trip illuminates their own value system in areas of focus. So, before I rifle through nearly all of the trail cliches that exist, let's hear from our 13 correspondents about what they've done in order to structure their hikes. From physical training to mental gymnastics, on-trail logistics, and simply jumping into the deep end with your eyes closed, this episode highlights this cohort's pre-trail considerations. Let's get into it. Good morning. Abby reporting in here, currently still in England. Um, but it's only a very short couple of weeks until I finish work and swiftly head across the pond to the southern Sierra sunshine. Um, So preparations. My physical preparation has been fun. Luckily, I'm already a pretty fit and healthy person, so it's just been a case of upping the ante a little. Um, I've been getting out and hiking as much as I can around a busy work and social schedule, Um, 
but I really have been finding that it's hard to replicate any sort of California desert or high altitude conditions in the south of England. The highest peak in the South Downs National Park, uh, which would be a rolling hill by American standards, is about 900 feet tall. And it's currently March and it's still cold. God, I cannot wait to get onto the trail and into the sunshine after what feels like a very long, uh, classically cold and miserable British winter. Um, we actually had snow this week in March. We only had about two inches um, and it had disappeared by midday. But, you know, that's about as close as I'm going to get to replicating the California snow situation at the moment. Um, I've been packing my backpack with six sleeves of water, which is probably way overkill this year. Um, and a few days worth of food and heading into the park to climb said steepest hills. Um, but I'm on my feet a lot because of my job. So at least in that respect, I'm fairly fit and I know I should be able to physically handle it. Um, plus it also doesn't seem like anyone's going to be rushing through the desert with the crazy snowfall further north. Um, so I'm thinking I should be able to hike at a leisurely pace if I need to. And if I want to have a slightly slower, slower start, that might actually benefit the rest of my hike. Um, the logistical prep as an international hiker is slightly more difficult, um, I think, or I imagine, than the average American hikers. I haven't sent a single resupply box ahead, and I don't plan to do so um, until I'm on trail and can actually assess my needs, because the shipping costs alone would make it a waste of money. Any money saved um, will be completely negated by custom fees and postage and packaging, um, I don't even know if you're allowed to send food internationally. Um, mental prep wise, I have found myself not being excited about the trip in the last couple of weeks. I've I've had a pretty rough go of it in the last you know ten days or so, and um, some work stresses and personal stuff too. And I think it's just that I've so many thoughts in my brain, so much to think about, um, that I also can't be excited at the same time. I'm really trying to actively take time to think about the day-to-day -day of the trail and really imagine what my life will be like because it's just bonkers that something I've dreamt about for so long is about to happen. I mean, regardless of how I mentally prep, I don't know that I'll be fully ready, but I can be ready enough and I guess I'll just take every day as it comes. Um, luckily, one of my best friends has hiked the PCT before, um, so he and I are just spending a lot of time talking about the trail and he has been a wonderful sounding board. Um, for all my silly questions. I'm I'm so grateful to have him in my life generally, but selfishly he has been a wonderful resource. He he knows who he is. Um gear-wise, I've done a shakedown with the aforementioned friend, and he was lovingly brutal when it came to what I didn't need in my pack. Um the vast majority of my gear was purchased for the Jumia Trail last summer, and I had no gear problems or major failures, so I'm keeping pretty much everything the same. Um, I did treat myself to a nice shiny new Mont Bell puffy jacket that should keep me plenty warm. Um, and I'm taking micro spikes and an ice axe from the American border just because it seems silly to send it ahead, uh, especially when coming from abroad when conditions are so variable this year. Um, with the snow in California now being, I believe, the highest in recorded history, which is bonkers, um, I am struggling slightly with the notion that this hike is not going to be what I have imagined for so long. Um, but I'm open to change and obviously I'm going to stay safe and I'm going to be flexible. Um, and even though my brain currently feels slightly like it's going to expo explode, I think I know that deep down I'm as ready as I can be.
this is Abby, and I'm here to walk you through everything I've been doing to prepare for my AT through hike. So physically, I have made some mistakes because I got really into long distance running, and I ran a 50k, and I strained my hip flexor really badly to the point where I couldn't even walk and I was in a wheelchair <laughs> I had to I've been seeing a physical therapist since January and I graduated the crutches and now I'm finally up and walking again normally but I still can't walk more than a mile or two which is extremely frustrating but I've been just being grateful for walking again and just trying to do stretches three times a day, every day, and focusing all my efforts on getting my hip better so that I can through hike. And so far, the physical therapist told me that I can through hike most likely in the middle of April. So I've pushed my start date back to then. And if my hip is still giving me trouble and I can't through hike then, I will instead consider going southbound um, because then I won't have a time limit on when I can reach the end of the hike. Whereas if I went northbound, then I'd have to worry about Katahdin shutting down after October. And I don't want to have any more overuse injuries <laughs> because this has sucked. Um, so that's been causing me a lot of stress. I had a mental breakdown today and I just went outside and laid on the ground and ate a plain bagel and listened to the birds and then I felt better. So I feel like that's also a lesson for trail that when like everything seems like it's going terribly and nothing is going to plan, sometimes you just need to eat something, take a breath and lay down and listen to the birds and just be glad to be outside because um, whether I go northbound or southbound I'll be out on the trail and that's the important part. So physically not doing too hot <laughs> but mentally I am really determined to hike and I just can't wait to get out there and I've been making playlists for sunny days and rainy days and foggy days for when the woods are all misty and I feel like some kind of woodland creature frolicking through the early morning fog because <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some instance like that um I've also been going on well before I injured my hip I was going on shakedown hikes and stuff like that and I'm pretty satisfied with my gear um I really like my ULA circuit pack and my Gossamer Gear tent, and those have all been working out pretty well. Um, reading Appalachian Trials helped me a lot, and so is listening to Backpacker Radio, because it always makes crazy things seem achievable, like a thru-hike, so that's been really inspiring to listen to. I'm also planning on resupplying in town, and I also am planning on putting permethrin on all my clothes before I head out because tick bites are no joke and uh, I don't want to deal with any of that on trail and I really don't like getting swarmed by bugs and bugs love to eat me so I'm gonna not give them the chance to and I also recently took a wilderness first aid class which was really important for me to do um, 
because I really want to know how to help people when I'm out in the woods and usually when you're out there like you could be a whole hour or more away from first responders being able to get to you and help you and I experienced that firsthand when I was at the top of McAfee's when a through hiker fell off and it was a really mm, unfortunate experience because there was nothing that I could do to help him and he was only a year older than I was and I just realized that wow like I don't know anything about how to help a person when they're in a medical emergency and there's nobody else here to help them so I really wanted to learn everything about how I can help someone in a similar situation or in any medical situation out in the woods so that um, I can do my best to make sure they're okay. So that was really important for me to do and I'm really glad that now I know how to make an arm splint and a leg splint and have this whole checklist of things that a person could be suffering from that I can help them out with. So that's been pretty much what I've been up to. So I'll just be trying to do my daily exercises and eating a lot of plain bagels and trying not to stress out too much. So I'll keep you all updated and thanks for listening. This is Abby signing off. it's a good morning from trail this is Allie aka Appalachian Adventurista I am currently uh, out here hiking out from camp I spent a night camping by Johns Rock near Brevard and Pisgah National Forest as a shakedown hike and I am currently making my way out this morning it rained last night so the forest feels really nice and fresh and clean, <laughs> if that's a word I can use for it. Today's shakedown hike is the second one that I um, have gotten to do and will get to do before my Appalachian Trail through hike. I um, have been doing a ton of preparations similar to this to get ready for my attempted through hike and to set myself up for success. Um, so in terms of preparations that I've been doing, in terms of physical preparations I've been doing, I should say, uh, like I said, I've done these two shakedown hikes and really tested mainly my gear, um, and also put in some work to get my body ready for carrying a heavy pack. I did, um, like extra overload my pack this time with, um, things that I won't necessarily be needing on trail. So I've got even some extra weight, but doing pretty well. I also have been doing a bunch of trail running to prepare myself as well. And that's essentially the physical training that I have been doing for the Appalachian Trail. If I'm being honest, that is the least of all the areas of preparations that I have put effort into. Um, 
I know that physical prep is important, so I didn't just ignore it completely, but I have been putting a ton more effort into preparing my mentality and trying to ready myself for the things that are going to be hard and the days when it's going to be really sucky. I've been trying to set myself up to handle those and and be able to take them as they come. So I've been doing a huge amount of things like that and writing down my reasons for hiking and writing down mantras for when I'm in a bad mood on trail, which is inevitable. I've also been preparing logistically. I am um, testing, like I said, my whole gear setup right now. Uh, it's slightly unusual, I think. Uh, I am a hammock camper, so I have a hammock setup. And today, for the first time, less than a week from actually hitting the trail, I am testing a piece of gear with that hammock setup for the first time. And it worked great. But logistically, I have really been focusing a lot on the gear items that I have, making sure that I have what I need, and weaning out the things that I don't. I've also been setting up my resupply boxes. I will be doing a combination of resupplies in town and shipped resupply boxes to myself on trail. And I got all those set up last week, which is great. And then besides that, there's just a ton of general preparations that have to happen at home, like taxes and health insurance and setting up my car insurance and things like that. Cleaning up my apartment, getting it ready for uh, other people to stay there while I'm away, things like that. So preparing for a through hike really takes a lot, <laughs> a lot of work. But um, at this point, like I uh, mentioned, I'm within a week of starting my through hike and I am gosh darn about as prepared as I could possibly be right now. I feel like I have done essentially everything I can to set myself up to have a um, successful through hike. And I, I keep saying that, so I think it's worth mentioning that success on a through hike for me is not defined by completing a goal, but um, staying positive and having um, good mental health and creating space for myself. So. My definition of success might be a little bit different than what you're expecting, but feeling really prepared. I am ready to hit trail. Listeners, it's your girl Angelique Crone, aka Perky, and I'm going to be talking today about the preparation I'm doing before my Continental Divide Trail through hike. So, as I said on the introduction podcast, I have done a through hike before of the Appalachian Trail. So, 
a lot of the things that I'm preparing for, I know how to, like what to expect this time around. My gear kit is pretty similar to the kit I brought on the Appalachian Trail. It's what I backpack with most of the time. I will be sending snow gear to Chama in New Mexico before the San Juans. So that's just things like micro spikes or crampons. Haven't really decided which one yet. An ice axe. I'll probably also send an ursac to there or maybe to some place definitely in Wyoming. Um, those are all things I didn't bring on the Appalachian Trail. So things are different there. But other than that, getting those sorts of items, I haven't really had to practice any new gear, anything like that. So feeling good about the gear stuff. The, as far as emotional preparation, that's another thing also I haven't been doing necessarily that much of uh, since I, I through hiked the Appalachian Trail. And so I already knew <laughs> that, that that sucked. Obviously, I had enough fun that I'm doing it again, but it was really painful. I spent a lot of time being unhappy, and so I'm prepared to be unhappy again. I guess as far as emotional preparation, I guess the thing that would count the most is that I am nervous about some things having to do, I think I said last time, with grizzly bears because I haven't done a lot of hiking in areas that have such a high density of grizzly bears as the northern part of the CDT. Um, so I've been reading a lot about bear safety, best practices, just to freshen up on things. I've also been freshening up on lightning safety, awareness of the weather, things like that, just so I can make sure that I have the most confidence going out there, that everything's going to be okay, that I know how to handle myself. And I've also been spending a lot of time with my family more than usual so that I can feel a little less bad about abandoning them for a couple months. Most of my preparation has been physical. So I'd say for the past maybe since November, I've really been training for the CDT. So for me, that comprises a mix of usually going out and hiking doing two, like one or two long hikes on the weekend because I live in New Jersey. And so I usually have to drive a cup, uh, at least an hour to get anywhere with some good elevation change. Um, I do walk or run as long as I can every day. I live right next to some nice trails. So I do that. But I've also been encompassing a lot of cardio to get my heart up. And then I've been doing a lot of strength training. The strength training is what's different than what I did on the Appalachian Trail. So I've been trying to do a lot of leg strength, but also I've been focusing a lot on core strength and um, back strength because I'm really hoping that'll help me to be less likely to be injured. And I guess this isn't really strength with weights, but I've been doing a lot of mobility training, especially for my hips and my ankles in the hopes that that'll also help me prevent injury and just be more comfortable in general. Because as anyone who's done a long hike will tell you, or maybe even just hiked for like <laughs> two days, your feet are going to hurt. You're going to hurt all over. It's more about, honestly, I think doing enough activity that 
it'll start hurting before the trip. So when you have access to medical services and drug stores that you can figure out how to mitigate that pain the best while you're on trail. Um, other than training, I also have been sending myself, well, not sending myself yet, but creating some boxes that I can send myself for resupplies. I'm pretty confident, well, 100% confident that I could resupply only by either buying things in town, maybe sending myself some boxes from myself while on trail. But honestly, I'm just getting a little stir crazy here. I've still got one month, 20 days still working. So what do I have to do other than making myself some dehydrated meals and sending them to myself? So you know, worse come to worse, I don't end up having my partner send them to me. And I end up eating a bunch of these things when I come back. But it's honestly, it's some of the hardest part of through hiking, I think is the mental game before you hit the trail. I mean, it's scary to quit your jobs or ask for leave of absence. It's scary to leave behind everyone and everything you know, for a long period of time, even if for some of us, it is a welcome departure. Um, (laughs) And and it's, yeah, it can be difficult, just the anticipation waiting to hit the trail. So honestly, the main preparation I'm trying to do is get myself safely and sanely to the starting line in the end of April. So I'm really excited to hit the trail at the end of April. Um, And I'm excited to bring you with me on the first day or evening of the trail when I get there. So I hope everyone's staying safe, enjoying the start of spring, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Howdy, everyone. This is Good Soup signing in about two days before I set out on my northbound hike of the Appalachian Trail. Today's episode, we're talking about preparations for the trail. And so I've brought along a lovely guest. Say hi, Abby. Hello, hello. Abby is my wonderful, lovely, all the good adjectives, girlfriend and partner and someone I'll be missing dearly. So I thought I'd have her come onto this one and ask me some questions about all my preparations. And because she's good at keeping me under the time limit, because goodness knows I can flap my gums. So I'll hand it over to you, my dear. Okay, start with telling us how you've prepared physically. So physically... I have been doing a lot of day hikes. There's a lot of good state parks in Wisconsin. Not a lot of good elevation, but enough maintained trails to get out. So going on day hikes, I've done one big-ish weekend where I did about 22 miles in two days. So I am comfortable with getting out and going hiking. I like hiking. As for like conditioning, I'm planning on doing it for the first two or three weeks on the trail, doing less than 10 miles a day to just really ease myself in. And I'll worry about getting big mileage later once my body is ready and once my trail legs have really come in. All right, moving on. How have you prepared mentally? Mentally, I try to make sure everything back home is put to rest. So... I saw a therapist for a few months uh, last year, just 
really making sure I was in a good headspace and having someone so that post-trail, if I do happen to get post-trail depression, I already have a resource that knows me and I can get going on that. I've also just been trying to make the most of my time pre-trail, hanging out with friends, making memories, building a support system of people who are there to care for me so I can lean on them when I'm out on the trail, and just really reflecting and checking in with myself about why I'm doing this trail and preparing myself that not every day is going to be a 10 out of 10. Some days are going to be terrible out there, but you know, the old classic, it beats being in the office. It you know beats being at a job. So th- that's how I'm getting ready for it is just keeping a bright attitude and making sure that everything's good to go. Logistically, I know this is very near and dear to your heart and something that's been very important to you. What have you done with your logistical plan? So, yeah, that's the thing I'm most nervous about and therefore have put the most time in. Um, When I made the decision to hike this trail, uh, I made the choice about, I'd say, July of 2021 so it's been a year and a half and I have no prior backpacking experience either camping you know hiking with like gear that kind of stuff so I've done a lot of research and had to figure out all the little things where it's like logistics is my stress point because I don't know what I'm supposed to plan for or not so what's where I've spent the most time so I've made decisions like I'm going to resupply in town because logistics gives me, you know, a headache and the boxes sounds too complex, especially like, what if you miss the mail? I'd rather just be like, all right, this gas station only has Slim Jims. We're eating Slim Jims for the next five days. At least I can do that. The other part of that specifically is that um, having suffered from Crohn's disease when it was really symptomatic, I had an incredibly restrictive diet. And now that I'm in remission as of this last year, I'm really enjoying not having a diet so i'm kind of just gonna embrace what comes my way and just eat whatever i can um i know there will be some areas where that's not really wise but that's just what i'm rocking with so i don't have to worry about texting someone to send me a box wherever Uh, also um logistics is really important back to the crohn's disease because i still have to go get medical treatment so Every eight weeks, I get an infusion, which is where they put a cocktail of medication uh, delivered via IV. I sit in a chair for an hour, and that's what keeps me up and going about. That's what keeps my disease in remission. And I can't stop just because I'm going on the trail, and because of the wonderful world of insurance, I have to be in Wisconsin to get my treatment. So my parents, bless them, whenever it's infusion time, they're going to drive out to wherever I am on the trail, pick me up, drive me back to Wisconsin, I'll get my infusion, and then drive me right back out to where I'm at. So that's been a lot of my logistics, is how do I make sure I'm getting my treatment properly. The first one will be about three weeks after I start the trail, and then it will be eight weeks on and on after that. But I'm thankful to say, I think all the effort has been worth it, and I've got that locked in. All right, carte blanche with Slim Jims then. Yes. All right, next section I know is your absolute favorite. You get to blab about your gear. Uh, so, yeah, my gear, I think we're going to talk about gear in another episode. So my big three I'm excited about. 
I have a Durston X-Mid 1 tent. I went with a one-person tent because I want to be able to save weight on the tent. And also, a smaller tent means I can get into smaller spots for setting up a campsite. Uh, my bag is a 58-liter Exos from Osprey. I just absolutely love their back meshing that keeps you know, your back from getting too sweaty. And it fits all my stuff, so we're doing that. And as for my sleep system, I have a big old inflatable sleep pad from Thermarest because I am a six foot one and at present 230 pound man. So I just need the support if I'm gonna lay on the ground. And I've got an extra long, extra wide hiking quilt. It's a revelation from Enlightened Equipment. It is so comfy and I was already it was already a special order because of my size requirements so i made a bubblegum pink because it sounded really funny <laughs> so it's it's a big bubblegum menace yeah. that i'm bringing with me on the trail um yeah okay um how, how about resources for preparing what did you research so i'd say the big ones i had was i used the trek website for getting people's opinions on gear and just kind of inspiration being like other people can do it. I can do it too. And YouTubers for kind of the same thing, but also really for like the hiking, like, okay, which end of the trekking pole goes up? How do you <laughs> use it? Bear bag, bear can, that kind of thing. Um, and then I just used like books in general for kind of the same stuff, but mostly for like inspiration and keeping me motivated and focused on the trail, even though I was, had a year and a half wait time to get out there all right cool that is all the questions we have is there anything you'd like to say to the people before we go um thanks again for listening big thank you to abby for joining me on this and i'll see you all in the next episode be well this is good soup signing out Hey team, Derek here. I'm reaching out because we're talking about my preparation for the My Appalachian Trail hike. Uh, this preparation started about a year ago, uh, started real slowly, just watching documentaries, reading Trek articles, and uh, brings us up to where we are today, about five weeks out from starting. So let's get into it. For the physical aspects, I'm probably one of the few people that's actually bulking going into the hike. I'm trying to get up from my base weight of 190 pounds up to 210 pounds, fueled primarily by uh, 150 plus grams of protein per day and shamrock shakes from McDonald's. Uh, I'm expecting the trail to be super catabolic, both from obviously a body fat standpoint, but also from a muscle standpoint. And I would prefer to not lose any more than 40 pounds on the trail. So if I can stay between 170, 190 pounds by the time I finish, that's kind of my goal and my thought process behind the bulk. As far as my physical training, I've been walking the dogs with a weighted ruck, uh, about a 20 pound ruck. When I've worked up from one mile a day, presently I'm at three miles a day. And by the time I start, I'm hoping to be doing about five miles a day with the dog walks with a longer hike, uh, roughly six to eight miles on the weekends as well. 
In addition to that, I've also been continuing uh, to strength train three to four times a week, which I've been doing for forever, and continuing to rehab my Achilles and knee and just bulletproof my joints for the rigors of the trail. Mentally, there's not really much I'm doing to prepare for the trail. Nobody makes it through eight years in the Army and medical school training by accident, so I figure I have a baseline level of mental resolve that will hold up well during my thru-hike. I guess one of my bigger concerns would just be fighting boredom, but I'm, I'm fairly easily amused, and I have zero qualms about talking to myself alone in the woods, so I think I will be fine from that standpoint as well. Along the lines of food preparation, I am just planning to resupply in towns. The idea of trail drops just sounds like a logistical nightmare, and I'm just planning on avoiding that entire situation. I'm also considering foregoing bringing a stove and just yogiing hot water from other hikers, or if need be, I'll just eat cold food, and that I guess has the consequence of making food I get in town just that much more of a treat which I suppose that's a good segue into the gear that I'll be using. I'm trying to keep my gear around 25 pounds. The majority of things I have I've owned for a while, including my 65 liter North Face Banshee pack, black diamond trekking poles that, believe it or not, I found while hiking Guadalupe Peak in Texas. I plan on having a rotation of three different sets of footwear, which is probably overkill. Uh, and in the gear episode, I guess I'll update you on how that plan shakes out. I have a pair of uh, hiking Chaco sandals, some trail runners, and some Vasque Breeze hiking boots that are pretty lightweight that I got on clearance from REI for like 30 bucks. It was like the only size they had left, and it happened to be the size that I wear, so... <laughs> I've had the opportunity to do a couple different shakedowns. One of them was in my backyard when the weather dropped down to, you know, below freezing. So I was able to test out the minus 10 degree Kelty sleeping bag that I've had for a long time. And uh, that'll probably get changed out when the weather gets warm. And I'll probably purchase a summer quilt and then I'll switch that back out for the Kelty when I get to the whites. Um... Regarding weather and other hiking logistics, I plan on using the AccuWeather app and the AWOL guide and utilizing the knowledge of other people I'm hiking with or other people that I end up forming a tramley with. Lastly, from a financial preparation standpoint, I am fortunate enough that I kind of set my own schedule. Um, so I've basically been grinding like six days a week, uh, just saving up money to pay the bills for four to six months because... These mortgages don't pay themselves. Lastly, what type of doctor would I be if I didn't have some sort of first aid kit that I was bringing? So I'll definitely be having some stuff for bandages, some triple antibiotic ointment, uh, some leukotape, and I'm going to be bringing a bunch of leftover doxycycline that I had from when I was stationed in Honduras. We basically took it every day for malaria prophylaxis, but it is also the treatment for... Uh, tick bite prophylaxis to prevent um, Lyme disease. So in case anybody was wondering, 200 milligrams of doxycycline following a tick bite is the preventative treatment for Lyme disease. And that's about it. Uh, I've been described as somebody in life who 
kind of flounders about without a plan really and things seem to work out for me so I expect that trend to continue while uh, during my through hike. Until next time, this is Derek over and out. Are you tired of hip belt pockets that don't fit your phone or dislocating your shoulder in an effort to reach your water bottle? Well, Chicken Tramper Ultralight Gear, known on trail as SeaTug, has the solution for you. SeaTug was started by two engineers that are dirtbags at heart. They are located in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and all SeaTug gear is made in Michigan. Their shoulder strap gear will attach to any backpack to carry these items and keep them within reach. For instance, the water bottle sleeve, weighing just 1.6 ounces attaches to your pack strap, making it uber convenient to grab your water bottle. This encourages you to stay properly hydrated on trail, maximizing your hiking potential. The shoulder strap phone pocket offers this same convenience for your phone, so you can quickly confirm your location via GPS app, snag that epic wildlife shot, or simply to keep up with your favorite backpacking podcast. SeaTug offers a variety of gear specifically catered to long-distance backpackers, in addition to the shoulder strap accessories, including hiker wallets, fanny packs, backpacks, and more. To save 15% off SeaTug gear, head to chickentrampergear.com and use code TREK15 at checkout. That's TREK15, the number 15, at chickentrampergear.com for 15% off. This code applies to all their gear, excluding backpacks and camera bags. Again, the code is TREK15 at chickentrampergear.com. It's Eddie Arriola, minstrel, if you will. So we're going to talk about a little of the preparation that's less about the gear, more about the mind, the body, and the logistics. For the logistics, I'm really just going to resupply as I go. What I've been doing to get ready for that is whenever I go grocery shopping, which is more often than I'd like because I really just like to buy things and eat them right away. I take a I take a look at what's nearby, the dried goods, the kind of like the nor sauce and seasoning packets, things like that. And look at what's kosher, what's not because you know, the first month I'm going to be doing this whole trying to be kosher on trail thing. I'm also going through and seeing which of the laws of kashrut I really want to most adhere to and which I'm willing to kind of let slide a little bit. What I'm really willing to let slide is you're not, you're supposed to have separate cook surfaces for, for meat and dairy. I'm bringing one backpacking stove. I'm sorry. Sorry, Rabbi Billy, if you're listening to this, you get it. Though I will be using the top pot of my set for meat and the bottom one for dairy. Uh, that's something that I want to just try just to see if I can get a little bit of representation and logistics in there. I'll have two different sets of cooking chopsticks because honestly, if an extra set of chopsticks is going to break my hike out there, I shouldn't be out there in the first place. Other than that, you know, eating utensils, that's pretty easy to get around. Um, 
the real hard part is there's not going to be many great protein options or variety out there. Most of it is going to be salmon, fish, tuna, things like that. Kosher chicken, kosher beef is really hard to find, even in large cities. If there's not a Trader Joe's or a Jewish deli nearby, it's it's nearly impossible to find kosher meat. Trader Joe's has a great selection of it, which is pretty dope, but hard to get out on the trail. So that's, other than that logistics, there are only a few places I'm really planning on sending myself a box to. I've I've been looking at some of the articles on the trek and halfway anywhere as to the places that don't have great resupply options. And I'll be mailing a box from the cities before then, or the resupply points before then to those spots. That's going to be only two or three, maybe four stops, which is really great. Physically preparing, I have a bunch of different little workouts that I like. My favorite one is reverse lunges on a a yoga block because that really works like the stabilizers of your ankle. Throw a resistance band from your foot around your shoulders and you really get to simulate like stepping uphill and it just really sinks into the glutes, your calves, your quads, just to kind of get everything you need. But really, as long as you ease into it, you should be fine. It's, it's more about the exposure rather than any one specific exercise. As far as mentally, you know, I've been itching for this for a while. It's, it's my longest through hike by quite an order of magnitude. I've done the Wonderland. I've done the Tahoe Run Trail. Those, those were two weeks long. This is exponentially <laughs> greater I've really just been really gearing up to be present. I want to I want to experience it as it comes along and I've learned to for most of the type 2 fun out there, I've kind of learned to bypass the part where you're just like this sucks and just being like, "Oh, this sucks" and enjoying it, just kind of gallivanting through it. I I really I really enjoy that. For gear, the main thing I'm doing is picking up an inflatable pad and getting an ice axe because, I mean, this could be old news at this time. I don't know what it's going to look like by the time this airs, but the Sierra has a crazy snowpack at this point. I just want to make sure that I'm, you know, not going to slide down the side of a mountain Resources that I'm using for this are all just basically like Facebook groups, Reddit groups, a lot of the specific websites, uh, like I think it's San Hack John, who always does those snow trail reports. And finally, the majority of my preparation efforts, that's really getting my dog and my car situated so I can make sure that those are both safe, my dog more than my car. Because I, I want something, you know, I want a happy wagon tail to return home to. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the heck out of him. And, you know, getting my partners prepared for me being out there. That's, that's what I got going for me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys next time, okay? 
This is Minstrel just getting ready to put one foot in front of the next. This is Emily Russo-Miller coming at you once again from Juneau, Alaska, where it is a balmy 12 degrees today. <laughs> I am curled up under some blankets in bed right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and today we're talking about getting ready for trail. Um, it has been a roller coaster ride for sure, um, both physically speaking, mentally speaking, um, just kind of all across the board. Um, I think I mentioned this last time, but I was kind of really debating whether this is the right time for me to hike the trail, um, or if I should, you know, settle down somewhere. Um, but yeah, I am going on the trail, um, uh, but it is hard to get rid of like the nagging doubt in the background. So I'd say mentally that's been one of my biggest obstacles. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And let's see, I would say physically speaking, um, I am unprepared, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, I freak out about it sometimes, thinking I should be more in shape, and I really have to remind myself that, like, hey, you do not have to have a perfect body or, like, be super fit to hike this trail. Um, like, truly any body of any size and ability, you know, can take on this challenge. Um, so my approach to uh, physically training, um, is really just hitting the gym when I can and whatever I do, um, physically to help myself is just like bonus, you know? Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a little, uh, I've come a long way in that journey. You know, at first I was beating myself up over that and not being in shape enough, but truly I think the moment I step on trail, it will be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, the m biggest focus uh, of preparing for trail for sure has been getting the money together. So I had a goal to get 10k uh, to hike the trail, which I'm still two months out, but I largely have that in order. Um, so I'm really proud of myself because that's a huge achievement to be able to save that much money um, in a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, I think I did a great job of hustling all winter long, enduring yet another Alaskan winter um, so I really ought to give myself a high five for that because <laughs> it, it's definitely not the easiest thing. Um, yeah. And that also ties into a little bit with physically, like in an ideal world, you know, I'd be out hiking every day and enjoying myself on the trails, like getting ready for this longer trail. But like, you know, we're buried ass deep in snow. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I have also been like nursing a few body ailments, you know, my feet have been a bit of a train wreck and I also have those bad knees and hip. Um, so I have not been as active as I would like, but I have developed a mobility training program for myself that I do, um, a few minutes every day to help my feet, my hips and my knees. And since I don't have healthcare, I uh, used YouTube University um, to kind of put together a few exercises and stuff for myself. So that's really been the extent of my physical training. And uh, yeah, so that covers finances and uh, physical. And then mentally, yeah, I, as I mentioned, it's been a little tough figuring out whether this chill is right for me. But I think we can all agree that this trip is going to be freaking awesome <laughs> and then I should do it. 
Um, so lastly, so logistically speaking, um, I still have a few like fun things to do. I've kind of taken care of all uh, logistic preparations. Um, I still have to create a bomb playlist. The last hike I did, I only had like 30 songs and knew my playlist in and out, you know, you know, the song order, everything, and just wanted to like chuck my phone into the ocean. (laughs) So this time I'm coming prepared with more music, uh, and podcasts and stuff. Um, let's see. I also bought some replacement gear, um, that I had either damaged or lost from my past hikes. Um, so that was kind of fun to buy little accessories and stuff. So I got like a little thermometer for my pack and I got a new pair of shoes to hopefully help my feet. I'm switching from ultras, which kind of destroyed my Achilles to, um, Hoka Bindi 8s, which have a four millimeter heel to toe drop. So I'm hoping that will help. Um, I also bought, you know, cork massage ball for my feet, um, all sorts of like little things that I don't know if they'll stay in my pack for long, but at the start, I think I'm going to try to, um, try to carry them with me. Uh, yeah, I freaking pumped about the trail. Um, I wish I could just totally eliminate the doubt I have, but, um, that's definitely something I don't want to carry with me. (laughs) So hopefully by the time, I still have two months before I step foot on trail. You know, I leave May 15th from Harbor's Ferry for the Nobo flip-flop. So hopefully by then, um, I'm, I'm just hopeful that I step on trail and like all the worries wash away, <laughs> which I have a feeling it will. All right, guys, happy trails. to walk you through my gear preparation logistics mental preparation all of that as i'm getting ready for the at i'm jake and i'll be a trail correspondent this year i'm five days away from leaving for my through hike so all of this stuff is at the top of my mind right now to start with the physical side of my preparation really i've been doing a lot of walking hiking backpacking again you train for hiking by hiking so that's what i've been focused on Um, I did a lot of hikes and camping in the fall of 2022 to kind of shake down some of my gear. So I'll definitely have to shake off the rust a little bit. In fact, I'm I'm actually camping outside tonight (laughs) to get used to being in the tent and being in my quilt again. So that's what I've been doing as far as the physical side of things. I am a runner as well. So I have a good amount of cardio logged that will hopefully help me for some of the uh, challenges of going uphill all the time. But at the same time, I live in the Midwest. It's kind of hard to replicate the mountains of the AT. So I'm anticipating that the first week, couple weeks, is going to take me a while to get those trail legs, which, again, is just a part of the mental preparation, knowing that that's going to be a reality. Um, as far as the logistics for the trail, I'm really going to be entirely focused on doing resupply in towns and my gear in towns. I want to support the local businesses in these towns, and I also just think it's going to make my life a lot easier so I don't have to worry about logistics all the time. I also have the benefit of I have a lot of family members who are hoping to visit on a couple sections of the trail. We'll see how that goes. I'm not sure how easy it'll be, but maybe some of the luxury items like nice shoes or beer from Wisconsin, things like that, they'll be able to drop off. So maybe a little bit of a mix of both of in uh, in town and maybe some mail drops here and there. But I think in town will be the main main focus for me. 
As far as the mental preparation, I've really enjoyed reading lots of books about this topic. Um, like I mentioned, as an ultramarathoner, I just really believe that the mental side of the preparation is almost 10 times as important as the physical side. Of course, training and things like that help. But if you don't have the right headspace to complete a big challenge like this, you're not going to make it very far. So I've loved the books that are the Backpacker Radio hosts have written, Hiking from Home by Chance and Appalachian Trials by Zach. Both of those books were really helpful for me to kind of visualize what the situations are going to be like that I'm in out on the trail. And then I really enjoyed AWOL's book, AWOL and the AT, to help me prepare mentally as well. Just hearing his story and some of the adventures and, and hijinks that are going to happen along the way. So that's been the biggest thing. Um, other than that, you kind of practicing... Um, you know, being outside again, trying to put yourself in uncomfortable situations where it's raining, where it's cold. Cause I just know that's going to happen. We'll talk a lot more about gear later on. Um, uh, but I would say if I could briefly describe my gear, I'm kind of in between, um, ultralight and traditional And my base weight. It's looking right now to be somewhere between 15 and 16 pounds. So I have some luxury items like a freestanding tent, um, a, a pillow, <laughs> some camp shoes that are a little bit heavier and I've got some ultralight items like a quilt and a really light gossamer gear backpack. So I'm kind of in between with a couple different things. I'm eager to see how this changes as we go through the trail. I'm totally expecting it to change. I've done weekend backpacking trips before, but backpacking and through hiking, as I've been told by a former through hiker, are really two entirely different um, sports almost. So I'm expecting the gear choices to change, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. As far as what resources have been really helpful for me, the number one has been far out. Um, I think that's going to be a fantastic resource to just make sure I'm aware of everything that's happening on the trail. Also, atweather.org has been helpful. I've been monitoring the weather down there and just kind of visualizing again um, what are some of the situations that I'm going to be in. Again, cold and rain is probably going to be a big part of it. And then, of course, the great articles provided by the Trek. That's always something that's really, really handy for me to check out. Where have I been uh, allocating the majority of my prep efforts? Uh, like I've said really throughout this whole piece so far, it's really been the mental side of things. Uh, I just know from my experience as an ultra marathoner, there's been a couple times where I knew I could have performed better or could have even finished, and I didn't because I wasn't in the right headspace. So I'm really trying to, again, practice that visualization and see myself being successful in the AT see myself struggle when the weather is going to be terrible or I'm going to have slow days or days where I get homesick and just being able to push through that. I know that that's going to be the biggest challenge for me. So um, that's where I've been primarily focusing my time. I know that the physical side of things will kind of run its course. It's going to take a while to get trail legs, but once I'm there, um, I should be okay. So just acknowledging that, but I think the mental side of things, staying sharp there is going to be the most important thing for me. Hello, this is Mary, and as far as my preparation this year for the PCT, it's probably the most lax I've ever been. Last year when I was trying to do the CDT, I made anything I could make for my hike, and I still have a lot of that, and even though I don't need to make stuff, I'm still making some stuff. I'm making another jacket, I'm making a another backpack, and I'm making more clothes, and then if I have the time, I'm going to try to make another tent. 
Uh, I don't think I'm gonna have time for that, but we'll see. I also already have a Dyneema tent that's very similar to the Pleximid. So it's not like I need to do this. I would just like to make something that's a little bit more freestanding, I guess, if there's a situation where I can't put stakes into the ground because that actually happened. I do have a nice bivy that I made and I used on the CDT and I hated that thing at first, but after using it on the CDT, I fell in love with it. I'm not sure what I'm going to bring yet. I'm going to wait closer to when I start to figure things out more to dial it in because I think the way the weather's been, it's really hard to figure out what's really going to be best for a person just because so much is kind of up in the air and the weather has never been this erratic before in the past. So I would just like to be prepared for as much as I can with the right gear. I'm also not worrying about the Sierras. I'll get there if I get there. It's it's a wait and see. And if I have to, I'll get off at Tehachapi and I'll go north and go Sobo. As far as my resupplies, I actually have food from 2020 that I never used. I tried to use it up on the CDT and that was why I was trying to do the CDT was because I just had such bad luck on the PCT and I really needed to use up that food. And I really did not like the CDT. It was just I was really struggling from the start to want to do it. I didn't realize how much of a visual hiker I was until that trail. And I also lived in New Mexico, so I knew how pretty it could be. And then when I saw the parts we were going through, I was just uninspired and just was like, meh. So, yeah, I got off. But a lot of that food I still need to finish. So I'm going to use that up. And then once I get to town, I'm going to just resupply as I go. I will have a couple of boxes ready to go, though, from home, just for towns that I know that are going to be a little bit harder to resupply at, but that's about it. I don't want to over-prepare like I did the last time and be stuck with all this food that I can't use. And as for my training, I'm actually not doing any kind of training. When I was trying to do it in 2017, I was working a shift where I was on my feet for 10 to 12 hours a day, and then I would walk for a mile and a half home, and then after that, I would go to the gym and work out and do a lot of lifting for an hour and a half. So when I actually hiked, I was really good physically. I really, I didn't get any injuries that were, were related to um, shin splints or anything like that. I actually did dislocate a toe in each of my feet because my second toe is bigger than my first toe. And the weight of that is actually on that second toe. And that caused that to like pop up and cause the bone to get out of place. I still have not had that fixed. And it is kind of causing some other issues, but I didn't want to hike with that fixed. And then that happened again. I actually waited out some of those injuries. And that's why I ended up going through the Sierras really late in July. But um, I still stood on trail. I, I'm i the kind of person where I sacrificed a lot to make that trail happen. And I wasn't going to give up that easily. This year, things are going to be a little bit more cushy for me. So I don't know if my perseverance to stay on trail will be the same. I definitely know when I was going through the Sierras, I mean, when I was doing the CDT, it was easy for me to just kind of like eventually just say like, eh, I'll go back home. I'm kind of done. So I'm hoping that I'm not like that this time. And when I was training for the CDT, I took a month off and every other day I did a trail in our backyard or in our back area. Uh, it was like a three and a half hour round trip and it was a really good grade. It went up pretty steeply and then it came back down. 
And so I did that. And when I got on trail, I was pretty good. I was doing 20 miles off the bat because of water. And then also I was a little bit picky about my water sources. And so I pushed through a lot and I did get an injury by the time I was in Silver City, but I waited it out for about four days and then I ended up hiking and that was about it. I didn't have any issues after that. So this time around, we're going to start early in April and go very slow. We're going to do uh, 13 miles a day and then we're just going to kind of take a couple of days in town. We did budget for that. We're going to be a little bit leisurely and so also probably do some sightseeing as well. I think the nice thing about going early and probably being older is you have this, you don't have this need to try to prove anything or you don't care to try to get through as fast as you can. There's no need to do 20 mile days, especially when there's snow. Uh, but everybody's different. Everybody hikes their own hike. And I should probably also add that the person I'm hiking with is somebody I hiked with in 2017. And out of everybody I've stayed in contact with, he's the one that I was probably in the most contact with. And I know we both kind of wanted to do it again. And so our paths just happened across again for this. checking in from her tiny little cabin in the woods of Willow, Alaska. Today I'm going over the preparation that I have done for my PCT through hike. Logistically, I haven't done a whole lot this year. I was originally supposed to hike the PCT in 2020, then 2020 happened and PCT did not. And I still have all that work I put into that planning and gear wise, I have a really dialed in set of gear I've been using for a while. Um, I've been backpacking for more than 20 years and just have found what works for me, which is different than what works for a lot of people. The only changes I did this year is I got a slightly bigger cooking pot and I'm trying a new brand of shoes to see if that helps with kind of a reoccurring problem I've had the last couple of years. I'm really lucky. I have a great friend in Arizona who is being my like logistics resource person while I'm on the trail. She is holding on to some of my gear I may choose to swap out with and also holding on to some food resupplies so that she can drop some food for me if I need it. Um, just really lucky to have that resource and help while I'm on the trail. Mentally, I've been doing several longer hikes the last few years, and I just feel really mentally stable and relaxed while on trail. Um, the biggest challenge for me is to remember to take it easy. Um, not everything has to be done day one. And I've gotten better at reflecting on myself and remembering to be kind and let the trail take its time that it needs to hike. 
Um, the biggest preparation I've done for the PCT this year is physical. I'm a bit of a medically complicated person. And the biggest complication the last few years has been my hip pain in my left hip. It was getting harder and harder to hike to the point of like, I could finish an 800 mile trail, but I literally couldn't walk just from day to day. And um, after a lot of diagnostics and everything, we determined I had hip dysplasia. So they literally cut the joint off of my hip, repositioned it and screwed it back on. Uh, couldn't bear weight on it for two months. And I spent another about three months relearning how to walk after that. And it's really been a year and change of strengthening to get to the point of where my body's been ready to hike. I did try last year, about six, seven months after surgery, to hike the PCT. But after 200 miles, it was clear that my hip was nowhere near strong enough to be out there. I had to get off trail and I had actually regressed a fair bit in my strength and walking. So spent a lot more time in physical therapy, more time with a personal trainer. And about two months ago, I went to Portugal for a month and hiked about 350 miles along to Caminos and the Fisherman's Way. And my hip did great. I was really happy. I still am not 100% in that hip, but I'm at the point that it's benefiting from hiking and strengthening while out there um, rather than the reverse of last summer. So that's been my biggest preparation, just being able to physically be out there and doing what I love. Um, so I got a couple more days. I'm kind of getting my gear together and then I fly out and hike. So next time you hear from me will be my first night on trail. Have a wonderful day. again. So, you want to know how I prepare my trail adventure? Okay, I will tell you. I began to plan my trip in summer last year. At first, I ordered my passport from the departure. That took nearly two months. After that, I asked for a visa for the USA. That was very, very difficult because you had to do it online with the online formula and it took me hours to do it. Finally, I got an appointment at the U.S. Embassy in Berlin. It was on my birthday at 8.30 on Monday morning. So my husband and I spent a weekend in Berlin together with our dog Tilly because Berlin is four hours drive away from my hometown. I was so worried about getting the visa because I wasn't sure if I have filled out the online formula right. In the end, I got it. And now I'm allowed to visit USA for 180 days. That was also the time to begin the preparation. So first I booked the flight, made a list of the gear and things I will need. For example, the tent, sleeping bag, shoes, the camping stove and also a big list for Tilly. I guess now I have nearly all the things together.
Finally, I bought my rucksack and I hope that everything will fit in. The weight is about 10 kilogram and I have to put much more in it. I need water and food for me and my dog and I have no plan how much it will be. Or I have forgotten the beer canister. Where can I put this thing? I hope I will manage this problem somehow. I also going to book a hotel in Sandy Springs for the first night and book a shuttle to the MLK State Park. How I'm prepared mentally? That is very stressful because I always think I can't leave my family alone and lots of things will get wrong without me. Okay, I will see how it goes. Physically, I practice my power with sports. I keep fit by jogging regularly and since February, I also practice my power in a fitness center three times a week. I'm not sure if this is enough for going on the AT with 13 kilogram weight on my back and a dog by my side. I have to go nearly 13 miles a day because I have only 180 days to make to Kathade. The most time I will sleep in a tent with Tilly. I'm not sure if this will be okay. The tent is very small and we have to fit in together. Uh, I also prepared Tilly for the big trip. She needs the vaccinations, especially against rabies. She needs a special paper from the vet. I bought pills against all the ticks. She also has to change her food because um, she is used to get fresh meat with vegetable. And now I, she has to get used to dry food. And it's a little bit special, but I hope it will be good. She has to go get used to the transport box for the flight. I'm so scared because she has to be in there for more than 10 hours. She has to be in the cargo compartment, the poor dog, for such a long time. I'm very worried about it. And what happens when I arrive at Atlanta airport? What happens when I have not the right paper for the dog and we don't come through the customs? I will be so happy when everything is done and we can put our first steps on the trail. You will hear from me again. Ciao. This is summer and today I'm going to be telling you about how I've been preparing for my through hike. So first off, how have I been preparing physically? Um, I will say I've been training quite a bit. I decided pretty early on that you know if I was going to do this thing I wanted to really do it to the best of my ability. So for me that means training. I wanted to feel really strong and hopefully prevent you know any injuries that could take me off trail long term. So I've been doing a lot of hiking with my weighted pack, lots of elevation gain, just trying to really get my body used to that kind of mileage and that kind of time on my feet with the weight. And then doing some in the gym strength work a couple days a week just to, you know, feel really strong and hopefully prevent any imbalances that might cause injuries. So yeah, and then in terms of how I've been preparing logistically, I 
haven't planned too much on this yet. I'm going to be doing more of that once I wrap up at work here in a little bit and I have more free time on my hands. Um, I'm going to be doing mostly in-town resupplies, so I really don't have to plan too, too much for that beforehand. Um, but I will send myself a handful of boxes to the towns that are a bit, a bit bleaker on the resupply options. So I'm mostly just going to, you know, figure out where those are, where those make sense for me. And then in terms of what kind of resources I'm using to, to plan everything like that, um, I will say the halfway anywhere PCT surveys um, from previous years are really helpful, especially in terms of resupply towns. It's like firsthand hikers saying where they would send boxes if they were to do it again. So that was really helpful. And that's probably um, a good, that's probably what I'll use in terms of where I send myself boxes. Um, also, that survey, those surveys are really helpful for gear choices. So on my gear, um, I definitely referenced a lot of those surveys and then YouTube videos and some podcasts, just trying to, you know, get as many different opinions as possible. There's also a Facebook group I joined. I absolutely despise Facebook, but I did join a couple groups just for the sake of preparation. So that's a sacrifice I made, I suppose. Um, but there's a group on there called Women of the PCT. And if you're a lady and you're wanting to hike the PCT, I would recommend joining it. It's definitely the least toxic Facebook group that I'm in related to the trail. It's super positive and women just being really helpful and, you know, can give kind of more specific advice in terms of gear, you know, what might work for a five foot one short, you know, woman like myself might not work for a six foot four skinny dude and vice versa. So kind of getting more specific thoughts was really helpful for me when it came to choosing gear. And then how I've been preparing mentally um, I would say, yeah, I've I've been reading some books by hikers. Uh, I read pretty early on. I actually listened to the audiobook of it while I was doing some training hikes. But Thirst by Heather Anderson, of um, it's about her time setting the FKT on the PCT. Um, I had, you know several years ago, that one was just super badass to listen to. So I'd highly recommend. Um, but there are so many. And lately I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of different, you know, blogs and stories from people who've hiked in other high snow years, like 2017 and 2019, just to kind of get a better idea of what I'm in for. And I've actually found that to be pretty helpful and has kind of soothed, soothed my nerves a little bit. So that's been helping with me prepare mentally. And then last question is just kind of where I've been devoting the most time in terms of preparation and why. And I would say that goes back to the physical preparation, the training, just because of the amount of time training takes. Um, but I honestly just really like being active. So it isn't that hard for me to get out there and hike several hours a day. Most days, I really enjoy it. So yeah, honestly, I, I feel like it's a good investment and it makes me happy and it's a good excuse for me to get outside even when it's rainy and kind of miserable. Um, 
which has been really good for me. So yeah, that's just a little bit about all my uh, preparation I've done so far. Until next time, this is Summer signing out. Thanks for listening to how our correspondents are preparing for their journeys. If you enjoy the show, please support it by leaving us a review on iTunes and by sharing it. To ensure you hear future episodes, make sure you're subscribed to Trail Correspondence on your favorite app. And finally, for all things Trail Correspondence related, please head over to the episode show notes, where you'll find a plethora of clickable links. There, you'll find other ways to support the show, in addition to all of our correspondents' social information so you can follow them directly. Join us next time when we really get things rolling with our correspondent's grand departure, which will focus chiefly on each person's first night on trail. Until then, I am forever and always Moron. Happy trails, y'all.